Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Happy holidays, soap fans and true believers. This show is a tribute to Supernatural with Richard Eden of the Ghost Facers, a Supernatural rewatch podcast. We do talk a little GH and have some holiday film recommendations as well, so it's not all Supernatural for you holdouts. One holiday film recommendation that was missed as it hadn't dropped before this episode was recorded is A California Christmas, which features Josh Swickard, aka Harry Chase on General Hospital. This adorable Christmas film was written by his wife Lauren, who also stars and is currently number one on Netflix. It's so good that they are doing a sequel, so enjoy this one with the whole family. And don't forget that Forever in a Day, the audio soap opera that I'm a part of, just dropped their Christmas special. So download that anywhere you find this podcast. And be sure to head over to The Locker Room on YouTube to see the creators and cast with past guest and soap reunion king himself, Alan Locker. So one last thing before we get our sudsy supernatural talk on, enjoy my holiday tribute to GH with Five Days in PC. Maybe one day I'll record the other seven days I wrote. Stay in PC. to believe in soap operas and yes this episode will be mostly about supernatural which is in itself a soap opera guys it was on for 15 seasons and starred jensen ackles who started out on days of our lives as eric brady so of course i had to have someone who does a supernatural podcast on here how you doing richard I am fantastic. I mean, I'm up in the middle of Canada, so things can never be so, so bad. But any chance to talk about Jensen Ackles, or I mean Supernatural, would be great. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're in the middle of the Yukon, right? So like, th- this is the, the perfect right. time of year for, for those of us who don't understand the uh, perils that snow can be. But isn't it just beautiful? That's God's country, right? Oh, absolutely. I I think that, I mean, right now we're feeling a bit like other parts of Canada. We just got an unseasonable like heat wave. (laughs) I think we're, 
I mean, I mean that's heat wave for the Yukon. So yeah. There's still snow and ice on the ground, but we it was enough that it melted all the snow that we had and turned it all into like sheets of ice. So I've been having to like perilously walk into uh, buildings the last couple of days trying to deal with it. But I mean, it's incredibly beautiful. Like I open up my blinds right now and I see pine trees and snow everywhere. Like I mean, it's it's definitely. I've lived here for six years and I would never move anywhere else. I don't think. Yeah, I know. With all the crazy stuff going on, I've certainly considered either staying in Texas and maybe moving to Austin more on a permanent basis instead of going back to L.A. or strongly considering Vancouver because um, a lot of my work yeah. is events and stuff. And so it's one of those things that it's like you, you kind of have to live in a city to, to get a lot of work. It, but the way that things are, a lot of jobs can be done remotely and, and, and there's a lot to consider. Maybe, maybe going into some other parts of Canada. Cause I know I, I could be a Canadian for sure. I like beer. I like hockey and I love <laughs> real coffee and donuts. <laughs> oh, well then you're set. Man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Canada is the place for you to be. Yeah. I, I think of Vancouver, especially there's so much when you're, when you're considering a lot of the, um, the film and television uh, community and industry is there. A lot of the CW shows are there, which I know you're quite familiar with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, though. It's funny to think of moving there now when, of course, Supernatural was shot in Vancouver, notably. Mm -hmm. But all the CW, like, superhero stuff that I love. So, like, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash. And, and most of that seems to be ending. I mean, Arrow ended this last season, but... With, uh, like, it looks like Supergirl, which, you know, thankfully we're, we're putting it down. It will be ending. Sorry to the shade there, but that show was almost <laughs> perfect for two seasons. And then it just went kaput. I, mm -hmm. I don't know what happened there, but yeah. And same thing with Black Lightning. Black Lightning is at least, like a good show for I've not watched it as regularly as some of the others. Like, you know, I, I hate to admit that, but yeah, there were so many on and I had to watch them for, for my job it too. So uh, that one had to fall the wayside, but mostly what I've seen of it is that it's been pretty solid, pretty consistent. Oh yeah. Black lightning. Um, it's, it's all good except for one specific character, which is the <laughs> yes. actor James Remar. I cannot stand his portrayal of that damn role so much. I cannot stand it. It drives me crazy to the point where it's become an ongoing joke. And one, and I actually am also a host of a DC comics podcast. And we've talked about that at length and it drives me bonkers how badly he plays that role because he was good in Dexter. Yes, he, he is a good actor. I actually really enjoyed him on Gotham too. But yeah, yes. it's, but sometimes people just are not a fit. And, and I don't know why, like, they can't just recast like they do on the soaps. I, I mean, isn't that what they're doing oh, with yeah. uh, my favorite on the flash, uh, Ralphie, uh, Hartley Sawyer, mm -hmm. I, I believe. And that's why it's like, I'm sorry. Like I haven't talked about this uh, on a podcast yet. So, and this is mm -hmm. soap related because Hartley was Kyle Abbott on YNR. So that's as long right. as I could justify it, but yeah, it, it surprises me that the flash is not ending because I could see it ending before black lightning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Flash feels like it jumped the shark three seasons ago. Oh, yeah. It, it really, and it's been it really good. does not. Yeah, it's one of those that it was pretty, it was by far the best in one sense, as much as I love Legends okay. and Arrow better. Uh, but with The Flash, there was so much good in it forever. And then when, when his daughter came in, it was just so bad. Like, there took up too Oof. much. And, and I've never been that big of a fan of the Barry-Iris relationship because it, it's, 
it's one of those that Arrow understood that what was written in the comics was not going to play out on this show like they wanted. Yes. Like Katie Cassidy, I, I disagree with you guys. Is uh, she was my favorite Ruby, and she's a great actress, and she was mm-hmm. great as Earth Two Laurel and Black Siren, and, and like what that oh, became. Wow. But the Laurel Lance that they tried to sell us in like the first couple seasons of Arrow was just not, and not really working with uh, Oliver and Felicity was so much better. And so they went that way. But with the Flash, I feel like they were put in a pretty tough position. I do understand it. And to me, after Flashpoint, they had so much more chemistry, but it was, it's still very much like y'all give us crap for rooting for Alexis and Valentine sometimes on uh, General Hospital, and they're not actually related. They weren't raised together. And uh, yeah, like a DNS, <laughs> DNA test proved they weren't related, and they weren't raised together. But Barry and Iris, while DNA will prove they're not related, yes, they were raised <laughs> together as brother and sister, guys. I get that's yeah, in the so comics, weird. but ugh. It's so weird. Also, I feel like I, as much as like she's a good actress, God, they they portray Iris so poorly on that yeah. show. I constantly am just like rolling my eyes and not wanting her. And it's just like, can you just give this guy a break for five seconds? He's just, I don't know, tra- traveling in through time and trying to save the world. Yeah, it, it's one of those because they'd also do the trope with Iris that I hate is that ah, she's so dumb. She can't make coffee or cook eggs, like which are two of the most basic, easy things to do. But I love her anyway. And it's like, yeah, that really isn't a good look for either of you. <laughs> no, not at all. It, it's it's yeah, it's it's infuriating. But that show, I think more than maybe arrow just one step above but it's one of the most soap opera-esque shows i think of all of those arrowverse shows i think arrow i think arrow is probably just a bit more soap opera-y but especially in the beginning oh yeah i think that like the the uh, flash is definitely super soap opera at times oh yeah that's why roger Howarth, uh who's one of my all-time favorite soap opera actors and he's on uh general hospital now and he was in the first season of flash as iris's creepy boss because he and jesse l martin are good old friends but yeah like that was really funny and that's where i'll say that you saw a lot of people transition like uh mm-hmm. hartley there into ralphie and yeah, from the soaps, because it is essentially a soap. I remember uh, at After Buzz TV, me and uh, Frank Moran did Legends of Tomorrow and some of the other DC shows, but we also did the General Hospital show. And, and somebody was like, you know, at first I thought that was weird that you guys watched both of these things, but it kind of tracks because <laughs> The Flash is pretty well a soap opera. And I'm like, yeah, and Arrow. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Arrow struggled in the first season because they made it too much like that, even though I, I do think overall yeah. it was good. But it's one thing, once they hit their stride, they really were a good show. And I feel like The Flash sort of went the opposite way. It started out much better, and they just delved too much into the relationship stuff, and it didn't work for them. Because there's, I mean, when you have Tom Cavanaugh and Jesse L. Martin, and you're not really using them, because that was another reason Thank I kind you. of fallen out of love with The Flash, is I'm like, you know... Tom Cavanaugh is a fucking national treasure. Why is he not in every scene? And why did they kill off Dick Wells? You know, or two Wells. I just preferred to call him that. He was my favorite. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I think those two those two actors are so unbelievably powerful in that show and are like never used to their full length. And they they spit through their characters constantly, just giving them sort of bit pieces. Meanwhile, the rest of these sort of like actors who are half as talented are getting all of this screen time. But I mean, going back to the sort of soap opera-ness of it all, I mean, even to the filming style, you'll notice a lot of sort of similarities when you sort of show like even just like going from scene to scene a lot of the like long stops and stares and like oh yeah out emotions and things like that like it's very much like taking a lot from that and it's not a bad thing but it's interesting to see i wonder how many like kids who are growing up watching this are eventually going to see the parallels and become soap opera fans as well yeah this is one of those things that i i've said this since the pandemic that this is a renaissance for soap operas because so many people are at home now and still at home and are sort of getting back into this because for the longest time soaps were the only thing having new episodes especially days of our lives which was initially eight months ahead but they also all went back to work in like (laughs) july for the most part all the shows started filming again and they were just doing all these protocols and and yes they've all had different choices on how they wanted to handle some of the (laughs) and and some worked better than others but it's one of those things that this is a i hope this is their time and how many people who watch the cw like myself notice how similar these are and how many of these faces you might have seen because with uh you know, Y&R, when they weren't having new episodes, they'd run out. They were showing all these classic episodes and really classic. Like they dug into showing mm-hmm. the first two episodes from the 70s and Whoa. certain, th- you know, times where they had like different characters that you might see on those shows now. And with uh, General Hospital, too, they didn't go, you know, deep into the vault, but they did sort of show uh, with uh, Sebastian Roche, who was Jerry Jackson, as you know, as Balthazar for some- from Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And they showed some with uh, Matt Cohen, uh, who played Dr. Griffin Monroe, who I always affectionately called Dr. Hot Priest. You know, he was young daddy. <laughs> well, he was a doctor and a priest. And what else are you going to call him? Because they well, kept yeah, bringing it up. Hot priest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know Matt Cohen. You, you've seen him. He's hot. So, yeah. yeah. Unbelievably hot. Yeah, it's one of those, how hard is it to choose between whether you like the young Daddy Winchester or the old Daddy Winchester? I mean, you got Jeffrey Dean Morgan or Matt Cohen. Exactly. I mean, I mean, especially now that you're seeing Jeffrey Dean Morgan on like Walking Dead and his character there. I mean, he just gets more and more zaddy as he gets older. Oh, yeah. And that's what's funny is I, I talked to Carrie Genzel, who was a sky on all my children at one point, And she's been in a couple episodes of Supernatural. Like she was in Bugs. And we talked about how it's funny how everyone hates that episode. And she was also in Just My Imagination, which was, like she said, about 10 years apart. And it's one of those things that, yeah, when she first meets Jensen and Jared, they're these young single guys. But just like with the show and just like with soap operas, you see them 10 years later and now they're they're married and they have kids in such different life you grow with these people and it Mm -hmm. is sort of the same thing and that's how most of us feel about like the cwdc stuff because i know growing up my dad's favorite superheroes were the flash and the green arrow so he would read us the comics and we had the privilege of he had all the tapes of the 90s cbs show and the you know 
later on DVDs when they re-upped. So like John Wesley Shipp too was a soap actor. And so he was, of course, our original Flash. And and so it was always fun to watch that and grow with that and then see them sort of integrate these old things into the CW. Yeah, absolutely. I really love uh, a lot of that uh, integration that's happened and sort of the, the like understanding, like I, th- I think that one of the things that CW has always really done successfully is been really self-aware of what it is, what its shows are, and it's sort of playing into what the fans have asked of them and i think understanding that it is a soap opera and then pulling actors from that same sort of pool it's got to be a conscious move oh yeah well because too i I, as i've always said it's funny to me how many people don't respect stuff like like superhero things or soap operas when i'm like you know how much harder it is to sell something especially when you're having to work with a green screen or like any kind of CGI that isn't right in your face, that you're having to really work hard to show that emotion. And no one does that better than Jensen Ackles. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. yeah, that's way harder than actually being in like a normal setting. Like, you know, Kramer versus Kramer is a great movie and it is great performances, but like that's all very grounded. But just think of that same level of acting and what people are having to do in a world that doesn't really exist, no matter how much we want mm-hmm. it to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's completely true. And, and you could tell that like Jensen pulled a lot from what he had learned in soap a- acting, like in, in, especially in the first few seasons of Supernatural. Yeah, because I mean, for all intents and purposes, I didn't really, I was never really a big days watcher. It's funny, my brother and I used to argue over watching days and all my children around the time (laughs) that uh, Jensen was there, but all my children had uh, Josh Dumel, Leo Dupre, you know, so I was way more into that one. I didn't know who this Mm -hmm. Jensen Ackles was and Eric Brady. And it's funny, like, Eric has been portrayed by Greg Vaughn as well, who was on Charmed and he played Lucky on uh, General Hospital. Bless his heart. He had to follow Jonathan Jackson and uh, Jensen Ackles. And the dude, you know, does a good job. But (laughs) there's also there's no replacing Jonathan Jackson. I'm sorry. That is my lucky. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny because now we have a we have a new Nicholas in uh, Marcus Coloma. And I've come to really like him better as Nicholas in a lot of ways, because even though I grew up with Nicholas and Nicholas and Emily outside of Emily and then his chemistry with Elizabeth. But it, it's hard to even forgive that when they broke JJ's lucky as heart uh, mm-hmm. years ago with that affair. But it, it's one of those things that some recasts you really come to love, just like uh, Trevor St. John and Roger Holworth. I love them both as Todd Banning on mm-hmm. One Life to Live. And Fair. then, of course, they, they wrote it so well to include Trevor and he was actually his twin. He, he names Victor. They kind of kept them because they understood people liked them both equally. And and I will say that Greg Vaughn was probably the second best lucky, but there is no one else other than Jonathan Jackson. But at the same he time, grow up. Yeah, I know. And, and like uh, he was my first, you know, crush on the soap oh. operas. Like it's like, oh my god, Lucky's so cute. Because that mm. sounds way better than saying it was actually Todd. <laughs> 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 but but <Fair>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's just funny to me. But at the, on the flip side with Eric, uh, I'm watching Days now, and I was never a big watcher, but I've always understood who people were. 
Jensen sort of laid the groundwork for this character, but I feel like Greg really stepped into the role and, and because we're able to see Jensen grow into Dean and, 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 and such, you know, so separated from days of our lives now. And I think that's really where it comes from is like, yeah, this person was so good in this and, and but that, that's more inclined with who Jonathan Jackson is to most of us. Meanwhile, with Jensen, he's Dean Winchester. Oh, 100%. You could never replace Dean. It doesn't work. I mean, except for young Dean. They seem to love replacing it. <laughs> replacing it. It's funny. One of the first young Deans, the little uh, ginger one, was Dylan Cash, oh. who played Michael on uh, General Hospital during some of like the darker kid Michael storylines. Oh. Uh, you know, Michael Corinthos the third, uh, so- yes. AJ's son with Carly. Yes. <laughs> Oh, and, and that it was really, he was such a good young actor. I actually kind of wish they'd kept him, even though he looked nothing like Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually interesting, right? Because, like, I find that the the last Jensen, uh, the last Dean in sort of this, the, in these last two final episodes of the of the series, they actually had, like, a pretty decent Dean, like, a, uh, an actor playing the young Dean. I was pretty surprised. But the one that really blew my mind was how accurate the Sam was. The new oh, young yeah. Sam they had from those last two episodes was probably one of the best that they've ever had. Like, I've seen people post side-by-side photos, and their face structure is almost exactly identical. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Brock Kelly, who was the the teenage dean in one of our mm-hmm. favorites with the high school there, uh, yeah. <laughs> he he was recently on Days of Our Lives, and I'm like, yeah, like wow. it's funny. They do look like they could be more brothers though, because he's so much closer to Jensen's age, I would think. But oh, he has a solid smolder going on constantly. Yeah, he he very much has that same look as as Jensen does in all the photos. I wouldn't call it necessarily the blue steel, but it's it's definitely no. a broody pose. Because mm-hmm. Derek Zoolander couldn't pull that off. <laughs> that's I mean that's fair. That's absolutely fair. But um, yeah, I know we could talk about Jensen Smolder all day, but I mean we do on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. So I love that you guys started doing the Supernatural podcast because I recently just watched all of it again to prepare for the finale with my mom. And, and y'all have started from the beginning doing this. What's it like watching it for? I'm sure this is probably at least your fifth time all the way through, right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I was looking the other day about sort of when did I start watching the show? Because I've got this app that sort of shows me social media posts from like from when I started on social media. And I was talking about Supernatural natural i think uh, 12 years ago so i've been oh, wow. with it for yeah for most of the series i've been along i think i jumped in around season three or four so i've been talking about supernatural in some respects for a very very long time so for me it's been i mean it was a yearly reoccurrence for me to start watching supernatural and then usually i would i would end up having a hard time getting past season six and then i would end up going back a few months later and starting off again at one it was rare that i like got that far past season six and which is funny because some of the best content actually does come in sort of them some of those later seasons but oh yeah it definitely is it's a hard season to get through but it's been really fun trying to rewatch again with somebody who had like just watched it for the very first time. So this all sort of happened because on my podcast, the Dr. DC podcast, all about DC comics, we, I kept relating everything back to supernatural, which was driving my co-host insane. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's never seen the show. And so I was constantly going, you know what this is similar to? It's the supernatural. And he would he would get so mad at me. And and I, I was like, you just need to watch it. Like to the point where like all of our fans also started to reach out and were like, hey, you really should watch it. Really should watch it. And so he finally agreed to watch the, the pilot episode. And we did a whole episode on it and he was kind of like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, no, 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 you need to watch at least like the first three episodes. And so eventually, I think it, it was like a year and a half later, he finally agreed to do a follow-up episode for our podcast and he watched two more episodes. And after he did that, he finished the first season in like two days. He could like he immediately just ate through that first season. And then it was like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep going. And then he just kept going. And then over the course of a month, he had gone through half the series. And that's when we had decided, well, we need to do this as an actual podcast because his his take was so interesting and it was his first time watch, walking through it. So he had gotten a lot of really interesting ideas and his perspective was really interesting. But also he was like, he was going, well, imagine if they like brought god into this and, like <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh, imagine man. yeah could you imagine this show is the ultimate jump the shark but doesn't do it until the very end which is really impressive but it was it's been really fun sort of going back now and watching some of those initial episodes and calling some of the stuff that you're like oh i didn't realize they were doing that in the first season i didn't realize in the episode of Scarecrow, his love for pie starts. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of like very early stuff that sort of the groundwork gets laid. And then you just see it sort of slowly play out as the season, as the series goes on. But a lot of like, I mean, those first few seasons were definitely of their time too. Oh yeah. Start looking back. <laughs> like there's definitely, it's not the most woke show I would say in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that's part of its charm. And, and I'm one of those people that, it is one of those things that, that this content all exists, guys. And just because things have changed for us doesn't mean that that's not wasn't what was going on at the time. I mean, I'm a big fan of Married with Children. And, and it's oh, funny yeah. to me how people actually view the show and how it really was. Because, yeah, when you think of the content that's actually in the show, you're like, oh, this is so misogynist. And then you're like, if you think about it, though, the writer's room was a lot of women. And that was not even heard of at the time. And, and two, Amanda Beers, who played Marcy, directed a lot of the episodes, wrote a lot of the episodes. Mm -hmm. And Al is the butt of the jokes. And that was what was always interesting to me, is that people didn't understand, you're not supposed to like any of these people. And with exactly. Supernatural, yes, you're supposed to like Sam and Dean, of course, but they're flawed, as with anything. Mm -hmm. It's not all black and white. That's literally the theme of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. right? And what's what's interesting is that also, they are, they're caught, the first, especially the first five seasons, is all about sort of like doing a parody of classic horror tropes and things like that so sort of over sexualizing this character dean which is funny <laughs> because he actually doesn't he doesn't have sex for the first nobody has sex until route 666 which is like episode 13 or 14 so it's it's not like they actually have a lot of sex in there but they over sexualize this character and make him seem like he's this sex hungry hungry character but that's because they're doing a sort of trope of classic horror yeah, and, and and that character was very much a part of that. And that was what was always funny to me about Supernatural is you have these two hot guys just traveling the country, like saving people, hunting things. That's literally <laughs> their catchphrase. Yet they do not get naked very often. That was always one of my number one complaints. But <laughs> No, I mean, it, it's a treat whenever it does happen. That's for sure. 
Yeah, they really they really tease you with it. And that's what's funny is like to have a character like Dean who is this horn dog, this oversexualized character, <laughs> but it's really all suggestive. And that's what's interesting how a lot of these soaps are getting by when when they were not able to kiss and do things. It's become more suggestive dialogue. And it's kind of refreshing sometimes. As much as we'd like to see uh Nicholas take his shirt off, it, it is nice <laughs> to just have these these chats and sort of make you have your own imagination just like they did on supernatural because the cw just a lot like daytime they have the same sort of rules and that Mm -hmm. yeah it can't all be hbo as much as we love true blood some of us a little too much but (laughs) that's great for what it is but that doesn't last as long as say a supernatural does or a soap opera no but i mean Imagine an HBO episode of Supernatural. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, yes. Uh, believe me, I've imagined that many times. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes in the comfort of your own home. That's fine. But yeah. I think that suggestion is often more attractive and sexual and uh, like enticing than, than the actual thing. I mean, it's, it's like a, a woman in full clothes is often more attractive than like somebody in a bikini. I think that it's the idea of what could be there is often more attractive than, than just seeing it all. Yeah, and and that's what Supernatural always did very well, even in the sense of the monsters themselves, is that a lot of times it was they didn't spend a lot of money on mm-hmm. CGI and making these things look a certain way. It was very... The beauty of the show is how simple it actually was. Yeah, 100%. I think that, I mean, especially with this first season where they had such little budget, what they were able to do. I mean, it's funny because now Eric Kripke has gone back and sort of yeah. shit on a lot of that first season. And now he's really <laughs> sort of like going, well, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. But he really talked shit about it for a really long time. But I actually think that like the Windigo looked good. I thought it was a great one. And he's constantly saying it's one of like the worst looking episodes. But I, I actually think it's great. Yeah, I was a big fan of Buffy and Angel. So I I really enjoyed when David Greenwalt went over to Grimm and he didn't really update a lot of his choices with the makeup and the monsters. And I thought that's so much better because like on the other show that was similar that came out at that time, Once Upon a Time, while that show may have been more popular and had all that Disney money, to me, the grittiness of Grimm and and the way that Supernatural is done as well as in, in the similar vein, it's like, no, that sort of works more for what this is trying to say. And I like that they sort of piggybacked off the Buffy and Angel mindset and, and more of the simplistic, you know, way of making these monsters. Oh, absolutely. And I think that the suggestion was a thing that like the the writers really took a lot of uh, notes from what the audience took from these suggestions. I mean, no more than I mean, huge spoiler that. But what happened with Castiel in the last three episodes? They really sort of go, okay, the thing that you that we've been sort of pr- pr- playing around with for so long. Yes, it's what you wanted it to be. Yeah, and, and that's what's interesting to me is is how fans really reacted to that and how. That nothing, and that's the thing is supernatural fans and soap fans, and there is a big crossover. Sometimes nothing is ever going to be good enough, and you have to understand that. That, and two, I mean, I'm sure these people take this into their lives as well, and, and we're all human, we all have our flaws. But it was so sad to me to see the response to the way that they had Castiel confess yeah. his love for Dean, and and how like that was sort of 
pleasing to it was meant to be for you the dastiel fans i know i'm sure we're both dastiel shippers who isn't of course (laughs) but it's one of those that in reality that is not who dean is that he loved castiel like he loved sam but it was always sort of known and played throughout and very subtly by misha and, and well done how much castiel really did love dean Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that was always, I think, apparent. I mean, to the point where they like that was the person that he, he pulled from hell. That was the person that he constantly was <laughs> was at the sort of. I mean, who who better do you who more who do you argue with more than the person you love the most, right? And yeah. I think that the two of them were always at odds, but I, because I think that they both wanted a, a certain version of that relationship, and so anything that became that threatened that was the was the thing that constantly brought them to odds but because they wanted a certain version of that relationship i think that that's always going to spark uh, like aggression and things like that yeah and to me it played out as best as they could tell that story knowing what who dean is and, and i'm sorry people dean yes there is that talk of the horn dog guy always doing that just because he's actually gay and like all of that but that is so like old school and yes while dean is old school i never got that vibe from dean that he in fact loved castiel in a different way than sam and I don't know why people like, because trust me, in, in a way that we all in our fan fiction and, and with our pops and, you know, oh, whatever, we all want that. And I love the <laughs> way, and I love the way that they acknowledged it too. The show acknowledged you and your fan base and even gave you that moment at the end. And to me, for those people to still attack Misha, to t- attack Jim Beaver, of all people. I'm like, he's a literal veteran. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it's true. Like, I, I think that there was always room for it. Now, do I think that Castiel was gay? I, I mean, one, he's an angel. Yeah. I, no, I, 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 no, I, I don't he think loved that, that, Dean, that but not, yeah, I don't feel like he had a sexuality. Dean. Yeah. No, I, I think that he may be, he was probably in love and maybe there was even potentially sexual feelings. But at the end of the day, one, he's an angel. He's a celestial being. There, there is no gender, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. if you were even going to go down that road, there's actually like proof that in alternate timelines, he was having these like orgies with women and things like that. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if anything, he's he's either pansexual, bisexual. That's that's one whole part of that. Yeah. And then and another thing is that you can, I mean, there's there's cases of people just having a, a feeling about like those feelings about one single man and not being just gay. Like I, I think that what the discussion about gender and things like that is a ridiculous conversation anyways, but the idea that you had to like pin, like pin someone down and, and like define their sexuality, their gender, their character is a ridiculous notion. It's just, I, I think that it, it should, I think the show has proven over and over and over again that their relationship was so strong together and that that he had such complicated feelings that they they've earned the right to say that he was in love with him yeah and that and that to me was how that scene played out and it was beautiful it was beautiful sort of castiel confessing that and that's how it was portrayed on the show and like you say it's interesting to me that in our society today and what a commentary this really is is how people say there there is no gender i mean and we have all these different sexualities yet those are the Mm. same people trying to box in these two (laughs) 
I mean, I, and I'm like, really? A show, that, <laughs> a show that is so open in a lot of those ways. I mean, they, they were one of the first shows, going back to Route 666, <laughs> an episode where they had an interracial couple like having a sex scene on, on CW. It's not a super common thing. This show has always been like ultra progressive in so many different ways. To think that that, that same fan base would have an issue with that blows my mind. Yeah, and, and it's so weird to me, because same thing with a lot of the female characters and how eventually we got characters like Jody and Donna, but they were all, we were only really allowed almost in a way, I hate to use that word, but that's kind of true, because the female fan base was so against them actually having girlfriends, that's why they would kill off all the female characters, and that's what they even said. I'm like, guys, we had... Bella and Joe. Dean should have gotten to have sex with them. That is just a crime. Oh, but oh no! (laughs) Someone should have had sex with Bella. Jesus. Oh yeah, I know. I I mean, Lauren Cohan is one of my girl crushes. It's like ah, they had her and Trisha. Yeah, Hepler. Well, especially because they painted her to be so awful and so annoying. You you still liked her, but then so hot. So (laughs) that sexual tension is just building up. Where you're like, someone needs to either kill her or have sex with her. Or both. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they're best of yeah. both worlds. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I vote Dean for both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. I mean, also, I mean, he must be attracted to her. Uh, they've proven that. So yeah. to combine those two, I mean, that would be that would have been the perfect ending. There you go. Yeah, and that was, and that's what's so frustrating. And I and I talk a lot about fandom on this show because because uh, trust me, I have been that toxic fan. I mean, I didn't even watch Arrow the first season until later because I was like, mm, this is not the way I want Black Canary. Oh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. again. But I grew up, and then I'm like, you know, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> and, oh, absolutely. And... Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, anybody who's a fan of like DC comic property in general has to be aware that your version of what a character is going to be is never going to stay the same way. I mean, DC is way less precious than even the CW is with it, with the characters. I think constantly making drastic changes and things like that, that it, it's, it's easy to go like, well, that's not the way it is. It's like, yeah, but the comics aren't even the way that it is. The comics are constantly changing continuity. DC is tragically the worst for doing continuity changes without any explanation. Like prime example, the, the entire history of the, of Hawk Girl and Hawk uh, Hawkman, like oh yeah, and that's why the first season of Legends is just like it's not great for for, to, no. for that to be my favorite show. I, and I, but at least I, I was getting to that point because I was further into the entertainment industry too, and, and also you know now like more of a. 30 uh, aged adult by the time that say <laughs> legends because that's where you know we're at guys uh you're not adults till you're 30 <laughs> now and we've just got to oh, accept God. that yeah <laughs> but I'm yeah i'm an adult this feels great <laughs> and it's one of those things that it's like no nah, you know they really work hard on this and especially when you get to meet people who are involved in this not just the actors the writers and, and it was funny when we did the legends of tomorrow after show and we really did we were kind of harsh on the first season and and and, and, and there was a good reason it really wasn't great until that finale that was perfect but then when you go back and you look at things a little bit more from from a creator's perspective and from what they were trying to do you're like you know without all this 
And they even said, Sarah Nicole Jones even told us, they listened to our show and they listened to what we had to say and they didn't disagree. So they were like, okay, what do we do? And that's why sometimes you can be helpful with your criticisms. But that's where sometimes I think people go a little too far. And even we realize it's like, you know, let's look at the bright spots and then maybe sprinkle in a few, this could be better. Why don't we do this? Why don't we acknowledge this? <laughs> exactly. Cause I mean, yeah. there's a, there's a principle that I always sort of love to live by. It's like, people don't know what they want until you show them. So I think there's a component of it where you, you can give them the things that they're asking for because they want things to go in a specific direction. But also you may have an idea that's way better than anything that they could even have thought of. So don't discount that. And I think Supernatural was really great at sort of giving you the turns that you weren't expecting and the things that you didn't realize that you wanted, but then also paying like really amazing fan service to the, to the, to the, the sections of the fan base that really, really appreciated those things. The small sort of pieces acknowledging that, uh, that there's this entire sort of fan fiction uh, group that, <laughs> yes. that's developing this amazing content uh, slash fiction and then oh, oh we're brothers that's sick <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the musical uh, episode alone yeah. is incredible where it's just like wait are you implying yeah. well no there's like a subtext there yeah <laughs> it's all subtext <laughs> So good. Oh, yeah, then I, I, love I love Sam's perspective throughout that whole episode. He's like, well, why not Sastiel? Like, and, and that, <laughs> like, I, I give the character of Sam a lot of crap because I'm most known for saying there are Dean girls and there are lesbians. But it's one of those that <laughs> Jared is Best. such a good actor. Like, and when he gets to play those funny moments, that's when they're really special because he does get to be mopey Sam 90% of the time. But boy, when he shot God, I was like, oh, Sam, where have you been? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think that he's really great for the like the big slapstick stuff. When you <laughs> give it to him, he's he's great with that comedy. Like it was funny when uh, when my co-host, when we were when he first time we started watching those episodes, he was just like, Sam is the worst. Like, oh, my God, I can't stand <laughs> him. Like, but it was great is that the moments when you do when he does finally get to let loose, like the best one of the best Sam episodes ever is with the lucky rabbits. Yes, I lost like, my shoe. The, <laughs> that's the best moment yeah. ever the last my shoe thing is the so it, it plays this like childish version of himself that just becomes so mopey and like un like you can't leave him alone and i think that he does that so well well i find that dean when he does comedy it's this sort of like ludicrous like goofy silly but it's it's a very different type of thing where i find dean doesn't go a slapstick as much as, as sam really does D dean's more of like this like goofy child who's very extreme emotion so I find that they both do comedy in a bit, bit different way. And I, and I think the balance is really well with each other. Yeah. And, and that's what works so well for the show because the first season is fairly dark compared to mm. what subsequently happened. And, and I think they realize, especially with, because I think when did they transfer to the CW? Cause I know it started on the WB, but once it was over at the CW, it wasn't like a season or two before I went on my CW boycott until the flash because they canceled Veronica Mars and Reaper. And I wasn't very happy. <laughs> No, yeah, I believe that happened in 2006. So that would have been yeah, season it, three or two, or two, yeah. Yeah, because I knew it was very early on. And, and that was what was nice is because a lot of the content on the CW was a little like skewing just too drama, not enough fun other than those two shows mentioned. And and One so I was Hill, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, 
Uh, I've known many people on One Tree Hill, but yeah, that that that's not really my thing. I, even though I watch some of it, <laughs> same thing with Gossip no, Girl. I'll give you, yeah. I'll give them credit. When they did the Age Up season, I was always really impressed. Yeah, some shows do time jumps well. Like Desperate Housewives was one of them. But in Days of Our Lives, that was a big thing that they did a one-year time jump. And it's funny because the year yeah. they skipped was 2020. It's like, huh, what did they know? that? We <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and that, that was so weird to, to think about that. Because, again, I wasn't a Days watcher until this year due to the pandemic. And I'm like, well, it's not going to be new TV. Let me start watching this show. And, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow, they, they time jumped and they skipped 2020. Huh, that's hilarious. It'd be really weird, though, if they were reference, they start referencing, like, the pandemic. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, because it's not to say that they couldn't do that i mean there have been a few things like there was even a storyline recently that was sort of a secret during that time and has come out and it's like okay they they could still surprise us (laughs) yeah except for they start making those comments like remember we went to that like concert and we were all hugging and it was so great (laughs) (laughs) oh concerts and that (laughs) i I don't know this is a humble brag here but not so humble is uh my first actual hall h supernatural panel because i don't wait in lines and i i was finally pressed so i could just like walk in was the 13th season so that year because it was so special they had kansas open it up and i like legit shed a single man tear and may have rose my voice when misha showed up as a surprise (laughs) um it, it was a very special moment but my favorite part was how um they they get on stage and Jensen's just like, yeah, we weren't about to sit backstage for Kansas. We had to go in the back. That's what took us so long. Like they had to be like in the <laughs> audience for Kansas. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. I, I mean, their appreciation for that show. I mean, you can often find um, long running TV shows even where the actors maybe don't have the same appreciation for the show that the fans do. But I felt like, like these these guys really sort of understood these characters and, and appreciated what the show was doing, the fan base itself, the writing. I think that they really believed in what they were making, which I think was part of the reason why it got to last as long as they as it did, because often shows like this would have ended early because the actors would have just gotten tired of what they were doing. And it's not like they were making an insane amount of money. That show only really yeah. ever sort of like averaged around like two something million viewers. So it's not like they were making crazy amount of money. It's not like the show was doing incredible incredibly well it just was very consistent and they believed enough in what they were doing and had enough enjoyment with their characters that the show could continue on yeah and and that was the beauty of what supernatural was And, and i feel like they were smart enough to see that shows like buffy yes and that's the reason that has continued into the comics that's a great show and it was great for what it was was every season or every episode great no i mean especially when you have to have the model that the cw has the 22 episode seasons and i feel like legends actually benefits from being one of the ones that doesn't do that even though they have so many characters they could keep doing that but they rotate they're a little bit more like days of our lives but what's great about supernatural is that it was so simple And, and it had a very very limited budget so they could keep it on and for that and they they even acknowledge this in the show like with chuck and the novels is that it did just have a cult fan base but because you're really only paying jensen and jared for every episode and they are the only two through line characters through every episode 
it's it, it's cheap to produce. And I don't think people understand, like some, uh, trust me, with the soap opera fans especially, that budgets are a big part of why things stay or go. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's better to lose an actor and a character versus lose the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, often that can be a really big see, like show killer is an actor who wants more money than they really deserve or an actor who's not willing to participate in the right way. I mean, a great example is the character that played Crowley. I'm, I think that he, towards the end of that, that series, he was really becoming sort of unhappy with how he was being sort of written and sort of, I think he wanted out. Oh, Mark Shepard wanted out. See, I wasn't ever sure what happened there. I, I love Mark Shepard and I, I love the character of Crowley, but I do feel like he was an LA based guy. And like for that, it, it's kind of hard, especially I think he had a young daughter around the time he left too. Mm-hmm. So it may have been more to like spend time with his family because I, again, I don't think people understand how hard people, especially these people on these CW shows work. I mean, there's a reason that KJ Appa Archie had like a car accident, like coming home because mm-hmm. they don't even give them drivers like they have to drive themselves to and from set they're working almost 22 hour days sometimes and that's not for everybody especially you know if you've got a family and you want to go home to or whatever but with like jensen and jared i think they understood that they were so integral to that show and they were going to make it as long as people would watch it and as long as 100 percent. i mean a great example is ruby rose with with bat girl i mean that like or batwoman so that that show like that specifically is the reason why she had she ended up leaving was it was just too demanding on her. Yeah, same thing for Smallville. I know that Michael Rosenbaum, as he said, he goes, I gave them eight seasons and, you know, I know, but, and they went on for longer and I came back for the end, but like, I don't mm. think people understand. I mean, they had to go and fight for Tom Welling to get a driver because, I mean, because too, Vancouver, I think they finally have Uber now, but that stuff didn't exist when they were making Smallville and certainly not in the first few seasons of Supernatural. I mean, and luckily these guys were young and didn't have attachments for so long because yeah, if not, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have the show that we have because it is tough. I mean, that's why Stephen Amell didn't want to do Arrow anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you take into consideration that the last few episodes of Supernatural with like with COVID preparation and then yeah. like come up to Vancouver and stay there for two weeks before they could even start filming. That's just two weeks without any human interaction, let alone with your family. Yeah, like you have to stay two weeks for quarantine because they do this with the Hallmark movies too. And I know a lot of people who do those same thing. Oh, and man. it's and- oh, Supernatural. I mean, we could talk about Hallmark forever too. I've got too much <laughs> knowledge about that. Oh, that's funny because, yeah, like me and my mom have been watching like really bad Christmas movies with people I either know or like soap opera actors. So it's funny. But uh, not all of them are actually bad. (laughs) It's funny. They're like, you know, that was like a legit good movie. Yeah. Yeah, Some of them are also from the CW and from like Supernatural. Yeah, like Catch is in a few of them. She's like, let's watch one with Catch because she likes him. I was like, oh, just like Mary Winchester, I see. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, yeah, Catch is good. That actor is good until you watch like some of his early movies. Good oh, Lord, yeah. that man was a terrible actor back in the day. I think him finding that British action was one of the best things he ever did. Oh, that's funny. 
But yeah, and, and that's the thing that uh, too, I think all, all of the actors, both Jensen, Misha and Jared talked about how that last scene, spoiler alert guys, of Dean's heaven with Bobby. Yes, they wanted everybody to be there. There was certainly talk about, you know, it's the roadhouse, Ellen, Joe, they wanted a ton of people, but they couldn't ask them to quarantine for two weeks just for one right. scene. And, and, and I know the poor fans, I think, like, it's so frustrating because they, they all really came hard on that last episode with, like, oh, nobody was in it. Yeah. And like, why didn't you bring this person? And I'm like, do you know? Do you not get it? What? <laughs> like, this is a drastic thing that's happened here. That, like, the, the fact that they even were able to finish it when they did was, is, is amazing. Or have the amount of actors they had in it was amazing. The, the fact that you got, uh, that you had Jim Beaver on there when yeah. he was also doing The Boys. I mean, that it's... It, it was it's it's an amazing thing that they had who they did have on there i think i gave them a ton of credit for that last um that last episode especially because i've i've listened to a ton of the interviews the way they had to do that and they had to break up the entire crew into different like uh, like teams and those teams couldn't interact with one another so they were filming the show without even seeing what other people were doing on the show Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing is same thing with the soaps and, and with Supernatural. It, you should be happy that we're even getting these guys. Like, I hate to say that, like, you should just be happy with what you have. But but that's just kind of a duh with your life anyway. I mean, I get that this year has been rough on all of us. Like, we have to think about that, too. But these people all went to work for you. Like, yes, they mm -hmm. get paid. But this was to make sure you got an ending. The CW yeah. and all these people didn't necessarily have to give this to you or no. the soaps didn't have to go back to work. I mean, they, they wanted to, and they did. And, and yes, these people are getting paid, but again, sometimes I'm like, yeah, they had to cut these two big actors and they had to cut these people because they want to keep making this show for you. Or yes, that couldn't have anybody else, but it made the most sense to have Bobby because we already got our ending for Castiel and, and yeah. I felt like that was perfect. And I liked that he was mentioned, but yeah, to have it just be Bobby because Bobby for all intents and purposes, was one of the most important people to them. He was their surrogate father through more of the show. Oh, 100%. I think that... Especially when you're when you're sort of sending this character off, the the one person he really needs to reunite with is is like the father that he really spent the most time with. I think that was the most meaningful one that you could reconnect with. Yeah, and, and that's why I thought that was perfect. Because if you can only pick one it makes so much sense to pick Bobby. And, and that's what's so interesting to me, because as we talked about earlier, like the first five seasons are almost seen as their own thing, the Kripke mm -hmm. seasons. And like you say, yeah. season six is rough to get into, even though there's a few individual episodes in season six I actually like. Oh, yeah. like but it's one of those things that season seven was where it sort of transitioned into being like, okay, yeah, we can continue with this. And I think a lot of that attributes to one of my favorite actors, James Patrick Stewart, as Dick Roman. And to me, the reason he's my favorite villain throughout the show, because most of the other characters sort of get their, their hero moments, like with Lucifer or with Crowley or, you know, we had so much else to do with them. But just to have that one-off villain that really cements his place in supernatural history because he does the unthinkable he kills bobby yeah 
I mean, that's that alone should put him in the sort of like top echelon of of famous villains of that show. And I actually think he does a really great job playing that type of character that he was meant to be. That sort of like uber like uh, Republican, like <laughs> yes. uh, corporate uh, corporate ass. I think that he does such a good job embodying that type of uh, actor. That I, I, I mean, that type of character. I, I think he. People are too hard, I think, on that on that season and those villains because I really think that that he did an exceptional job. Yeah, I because think it just ended weird. Yeah, and it was really one of those like I hated that we only had like one moment with him and Misha because James Patrick Stewart's a lot more like Misha Collins than he is uh, Dick Roman, and so yeah. that was funny. But that final moment was weird, but it but it was enjoyable with the bone and everything, and like mm. it was funny. And, and I love because Chuck always defended the Leviathans too. He's like Leviathans <laughs> were cool, right? Like he brings that up more than once. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, that was a different thing. Like, of course, we've all heard like the lore of Leviathans, if you're really into that stuff. But like, to actually see that was a different thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, I think it was a really cool. I mean, whenever you have, at the end of the day, most 90% of the supernatural villains were just humans looking different. I yeah. think that it was like humans with teeth, humans with lots of teeth, humans with like glowy eyes, humans that like, it was, it's all people that look like people. That's how the show becomes so affordable is that everybody kind of just looks like a person. So I think that being said, what they were able to do with the Leviathan and having this giant melt, that's, that's really scary and kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, apparently Joe Biden's a Leviathan. That was brought up by Dick. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I forgot about that. I know. It's so funny to me thinking about like the year we're in now and watching Supernatural all the way through is how much of that stuff is true. Because even before he's revealed to be God, Chuck tells them to grab up all the toilet paper. That's what you do during an apocalypse. Yes. (laughs) I forgot about that. Oh, my God. That's totally right. They did say that. Yeah, and there have been several things because I, you know, I'm such an old person. I just film the TV like Adam <laughs> Carolla does with the love boat, where it's like, oh no, this is weird. This is so like what's happening now. And, and those were like 10 years ago because a lot of like a lot of this stuff happened in season five of Supernatural. It's like, are, are we just watching Supernatural and trying to do things? <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh my God. I thought we were in the other universe this whole time, the one where they have a TV show, but maybe we're in the same one. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, there's so many. And that, and that's what's funny about all the Gabriel episodes or Loki, whatever we want to call him. Uh, Dick Spade, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and the mystery spot is the episode that really got my brother into Supernatural a little bit. He goes, that was just so funny and weird. Like, every time we hear heat of the moment, we have to do, like, Dean's little point and dance. Like... <laughs> That's such a great episode to get into the show, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's such a good, like, it very quickly establishes what they do and then pulls this really sort of fun monster of the week type thing in there, which I think is, I mean, yeah, it's a really great sort of, you could just watch that show on its own and never have to watch it again. Yeah, and it's funny because that episode is quintessential Supernatural. And there's always, you know, a few because to be on 15 seasons. But yeah, that's basically, this is what the show is. Yes, there's all these Supernatural things, but we we sort of take it at, at light, but we're also really good actors who can do the drama. I mean, for all intents and purposes, Dean just continues to die. And Sammy is just <laughs> trying to save him. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. 
Yeah, and it and it's funny going back to season six, thinking I'm like, yeah, that is the Balthazar season, and that's a character that I understand not bringing Dick Roman back, but they did mention him. And mm-hmm. and that was interesting because, yeah, where do, where do you go from there? Even in the other worldly worlds that you have, and having it be Charlie made total sense for her to mention she worked for, for Dick in that yes. other universe. But with Balthazar, why didn't we bring him back? Sebastian Roche, Sebastian Roche is a hard name to say, and he's such a great actor. And he has such an affection for that show as well as General Hospital because he was Jerry Jacks, Jacks's dastardly and much better brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, oh, God, the Jack storyline in general is one that I like that. That was when I used to watch the show really in the 90s, like General Hospital. That was this the sort of like the storylines that I really followed along because for the most part i would come home my mother would be watching it after school and that's when i would sit down with her and i would like pay attention for very specific parts which was anything to do with the mob so all of your uh (laughs) yeah anything with luke and then all of the um anything to do with like jacks or the uh, the entire sort of quarter main family that whole stuff is was really the most interesting stuff for me but i just love to like hearing that australian accent especially in the 90s i just didn't get to hear it very many places so having sort of somebody on there that was like that was like jacks and things like that i just loved that well um i hate to break it to you but jacks was a great character throughout the 90s but this this latest return he's had has oh, no. not been good. I mean, on my fuck Mary kill, my kill is Jax. Like, <laughs> and it's what? not just because he is the romantic rival to to James Patrick Stewart's character Valentine, but it's because he's just so punchable. Like, and I used to always be like, how <laughs> how is there even a contest between Jax and Sonny? Jax, Jax, Jax. Right? I was a Jax, big so well, hot. Yeah, Laura Wright, uh, Carly, that, you know, the one we still have now, her and Jax, oh, so good, so great. And and his interactions with his brother Jerry when Sebastian's on the show is so good. But this last return, it's like, God, he's just real douche. And and, and I'm just like, why, oh, why can't so we just sad. get Jerry and said, agree, yeah. like I think like let's just agree though like as much as you, who could possibly choose Sonny over Jax Sonny and Brenda were supposed to always be together. Oh yeah, but I, I will say this, and uh, I know people hate me for it, but I was never a big Brenda fan, and I, I mean it, it's one of those I liked her friendship with Robin, but and her and Sonny mm-hmm. are like iconic. I actually like them better than Sonny and Carly, but. Just Brent is a character I could definitely do without. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I hundred percent get it. She was pretty terrible to both of these guys and was so just like, Oh, like I just don't know. And so she was such a know? brat. I mean, she was the Lana Lang of this uh, going back to our small thousand percent. Oh my God. That's the perfect analogy. It's like, oh, I'm a victim, but also I treat people badly and, and I, I can't choose like, <laughs> but I'm pretty, so it doesn't matter. I can just do whatever I want. It's like, what? Yeah, and, and, and so, and it's one of those things, like the same thing with Jack. Sometimes this is where social media is either very good or very bad. If you're, if you're kind of an obnoxious person, 
Yeah, I would definitely advise not having social media in this day and age as an actor because, too, mm. it, it's one of those. And, and with her, I think it was long before that when you when you realize and you listen to her in interviews, uh, it, it's one of those that you're like, oh, you're you're a lot like your character, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want that. Yeah, and it's sort of like the same thing, I guess, with Lana. But I, I try not to be too insulting to actors. I mean, certainly the ability is is there for one of those people mentioned. But <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm like, I'm going to dig myself a deep hole there. Uh, yeah, Jerry Jacks, great, great character. Uh, and, and that was why I was so yeah. happy to see Sebastian pop up as Balthazar. And, and even though season six, like you say, really one of the low points anytime he was in the episode and his relationship with Castiel was so good, but I almost feel like that was his downfall as a character and to not bring him back was because the history with him and Cass would maybe mess with some of the Dastiel fans. Or that's, that's my take. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's definitely fair. I think that I liked his, his sort of, he was a really great mirror, I think, to uh, to Gabriel, uh, his his yeah. character. I think that it, there was two sides of sort of a similar coin, which is sort of like, I don't want to deal with the inner workings of heaven any longer. And Gabriel sort of chose this, this direction of, I'm going to hide out on earth and pretend to be this other thing. And Balthazar chose to go in this other direction where it's just like, I'm going to be this devil may care sort of thing where I'm going to sort of dance in and out of heaven, but I'm going to sort of, everything's going to be based on sort of profit and getting the things that I want. And I'm not going to play for any side and, and unless it benefits me. And I think it's, it's sort of just whether choosing to work within the system or, or or completely not play the game at all. But I really loved that that sort of Balthazar's thing. And then the whole Titanic episode yes. was such a great <laughs> Balthazar episode that I, I wish they would have done more things like that with him. But I think then you start balancing this sort of very Gabriel-esque um, uh, character who's now doing things that are like drastically changing timelines. And I mean, it's, it's almost too much to have two people like that. So I, I think they just didn't know what to do with him but they were so close yeah because like you say he was very similar to gabriel and that was probably a lot of it too but it, it was so funny to have that titanic episode and his entire reason behind it for not enjoying the celine dion song which other than billy zane <laughs> is probably the best part of the movie it's like you got billy zane <laughs> you got victor newman and victor garber and then uh yeah that song celine dion rules and i know as a canadian yeah. you probably agree <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean we we grow up uh, uh you know standing at attention to both the the uh, Canadian national anthem and my heart will go on. I mean that's just part of every Canadian childhood's uh, you know growing up. Yeah, they always cut that part out of hockey night in Canada, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I know. It's funny. I probably know the Canadian national anthem almost as much as the American national anthem because I've watched so much hockey my whole life. <laughs> Wow, I didn't know yeah. you were a big hockey fan. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, and, and luckily this year we can actually be proud to be Stars fans since we went all the way to the Cup. <laughs> and no one thought we would, including this household. But, yeah, 
it, it was beautiful. And, but I will say like uh, the comments made about they didn't have women to distract them in the bubble. It's like, guys, as someone who's been that person, that guy's comments were 100% spot on. And that's the only reason <laughs> the stars made it that far. So, you know, sexist or not, sometimes things are just true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's 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 a that's a very fair point. It, unlike what the NBA did, which was bring a bunch of women into the bubble, <laughs> and then I feel like it's one of the worst NBA seasons we've had. Oh yeah, like once the Clippers were out, it was like okay, well I guess I'm not really going to pay too much attention to that. Yeah, exactly. We were all happy to have sports, and like, but it was funny. Like I went into like almost a, another depression after hockey was done, though, because it was like oh we got up so high, and and it was like really so much fun to watch that it was just like. Uh, we're done with that and for how long oh, yeah and then i mean for the yukon we were crushed because we had just um we had just signed dylan cousins to to actually like, he was outside of uh he he went to uh the hurricanes which was like a yeah. huge deal for us so i think like that was a that was a big deal in in the yukon and then to suddenly not be able to do it and then suddenly he gets select seventh overall uh, by the sabers last year and it was like what like it was gonna be so exciting and then we don't even get to see him play yeah yeah because that is one of the things that as much as i've enjoyed watching it on tv and and that's how you have to watch like you know at least half of the games but when i lived in dallas i had season tickets and i lived a mile or so from the stadium and we were there all the time and and it's so fun and that's one of my favorite things to do anytime i visit somewhere is if they have an nhl stadium bell center was so nice in montreal just to let me walk in there and walk out just to say i went in there because it was like (laughs) august so they didn't have a a game on obviously but but yeah like and that's one of the things that's at least nice is they're trying to figure out any way we can have these things. And I know some people aren't fans of sports or soaps or whatever, but whatever you're getting, you're at least getting some version of it, but hopefully one day we'll get to be back to where we can enjoy these things live because there's nothing better than a live hockey game. Oh, absolutely. A bad hockey rink pizza and a good game is the best. Oh, yeah, or paying uh, outlandish prices for beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, yeah, it wouldn't be a sports game if it, if it wasn't like that. Uh, and minor league hockey games are their own sort of thing because here in Texas, it, Cedar Park is a suburb outside of Austin, and that's the Stars AHL affiliate is there, the Texas Stars. And I remember we used to have to drive down there to go to playoff games because the Stars were so bad, um, and it wasn't all my fault, guys. But yeah, so like, uh, <laughs> I remember when they were playing for the Calder Cup, we went down there and uh, I, I remember because I was already drunk, but I was not the drunkest person at the game. A lot of people got thrown out for fighting <laughs> people. It got, I mean, a whole row was dismissed for fighting, but um, I got into it with them because I'm like, I can bike to Shiner, Texas. This is not an import. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's incredible. I, I love that. Yeah, I get real upset about beer prices, but it's the little things, guys. You <laughs> oh, know, God, well, then don't come to Canada. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to, how much more expensive stuff is there. And you don't realize it. Like, especially when you're in the dispensaries, you're like, how much? <laughs> I mean, you at least get at least the American dollar is worth more. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we're so much more expensive here. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, see, Canada's not perfect. It's just close. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, we, I mean, that's the, I mean, the only way that something can truly be perfect is if you have a little bit of imperfection just to have as a juxtaposition. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's the best way to describe supernatural too, because like we oh, say, I mean, look at that yeah. full circle. That, yeah. is, that is a, that is a, that is a pure podcast host, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It's just, it all comes around full circle. It all ties in together. And I could talk about hockey and supernatural all day long. And I feel like, like that could be its own podcast and beer and. Oh and it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need to do a Hallmark episode next. Oh yeah. I was unaware that you were a fan. Cause I, I that's one of those things that it's in the same vein though, as soaps mm-hmm. and supernatural. So, so why wouldn't you be a fan? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. But also I, and then my, my wife is a gigantic fans and watches them all year long. long. She, it was a thing she fell into a few years ago and then just started becoming obsessed. But now I think like in our DVR right now, you've got 50 uh, mo- like movies that starts with like Christmas something. Oh yeah. And it's, all just like oh no like this local farmer won't let us uh, like use the big christmas tree on his lot because he's a grinch how are we going to convince him <laughs> i mean i i've seen so many at this point i've got some very serious opinions about hallmark oh yeah and i'm trying to look up the name of the movie because i never pay attention to the name because a lot of these apparently it are matter change but there's one with inga rademacher jacks that we just watched that had him and tara reed and it was weird because the what? girl who played their daughter a didn't look like either one of them but she plays alexis's daughter molly on uh general hospital so i'm like Holy yeah this is weird jacks uh being a father to alexis's kid huh <laughs> and, and he played oh a king <laughs> it's a royal christmas ball it's on tubi for free oh wow i'll need to check that out absolutely i wouldn't say it's a good movie by any means but it's certainly watchable are any of them though <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny there was this one with who i always just call sheriff lamb michael mooney who he was also adam newman on uh y and r and he mm-hmm. he kind of it's again one of those actors who plays into their strengths as being a douchebag and it was a movie and he was in it and the woman in it was really good she's the woman who's uh van helsing in the tv series so yeah but it's one of those films that has even two different names on two different apps but it's in a uh it's in the uh tubi i think for free and hulu because hulu's got a lot of good christmas movies and a lot of bad ones but we don't have Hulu in Canada. Oh, oh my God, that's horrible. I know it's it's heartbreaking. Oh, Kelly Overton—that's the girl who plays Van Helsing. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, I was like, she's she was really good in it. Mm. But yeah, it's one of those like if you see it and you, and you recognize her, that's the movie because I've seen it under two different names, and that's what's funny to me is a lot of those Hallmark movies or or that type of movie has like more than one name. <laughs> yes, it's it's very funny to watch them sort of change from season to season or year to year. Like you'll see some of the ones get remade, like re they'll, they'll replay them on TV, and I'm like, wait, I've seen this. That wasn't that name though. <laughs> yeah, because and I'm not really sure why they do that. It's correcting Christmas is what it lists on IMDb. Weird. But yeah. That's Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, again, we could do a whole episode on these lovely Christmas films and we may should do that. Maybe a yeah, Christmas absolutely. in July. <laughs> Ooh. But uh, so, Richard, if they want to keep up the conversation with you as we wrap up here, where can they find you on social media? 
Oh, yeah. So on Twitter, I am the Richard YT. On Instagram, I am at the Northern Canadian. And then, of course, I have a podcast. I have two podcasts, one that comes out every single Monday. It's all about rewatching the Supernatural CW show, the one we've been talking about this whole time. So I know that you're already super interested. So make sure that you subscribe to us. It's called Ghost Facers, a Supernatural Rewatch. And even if you're slightly interested in Supernatural, you might be interested in DC Comics. So check out my podcast, The Dr. DC Podcast, comes out every single Wednesday. We've got tons of content for you. So uh, we'd love to chat. And I always want to talk about Dean. And anybody who wants to do that is probably a fan of this show. So make sure you check us so. Yeah, like, are there people that don't want to always talk about Dean? I, I don't think I want to know those friends with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. and I did talk about Smallville, which was another CW soapy type thing on your Dr. Right. podcast. So guys, it's all connected, all of it. And since I'm Lucretia Lyon, <laughs> you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Thank you for listening to Believe in Soap Operas. If you're not subscribed to the show, be sure to hit that button so you get new episodes each week in the feed of your favorite podcasting app. Like us? Rate us. Have something to say? Leave us a review. And the first, yes, that's right, Spotify, audio soap opera that went back to the roots of the genre during the quarantine forever and a day is back with another Christmas gift for you. Enjoy the Christmas special that is out now on all podcast platforms, so wherever you listen to this one. And if you didn't check out our live chat with Alan Locker last week, never fear, you can find that in the locker room on YouTube. Happy holidays, everyone, and stay tuned for more Believe in Soap Operas. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.